The Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to get the new album. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Welcome back in, everybody, to the latest edition of our little digital radio show devoted to those doggies, the little guys, the ones that aren't given much of a chance to come close, much less win the game, yet they always seem to come through. We just got to pick out which ones they are and where in college football and the NFL. I am merely your somewhat capable, somewhat rested host. What a last couple of days this has been in trying to decipher who's the stinking president of the United States. While the counting sort of goes on, but sort of not. How are we, by the way, to Thursday morning and all of the votes are not counted yet in all of the states in the election in 2020? That is amazing for who's going to be president. I mean, it's one thing when we have the disputes about which of the four teams for the college football playoff and that committee for the CFP and their semifinals, their championship game. But this is the presidency of the United States and we can't count the votes? We can't figure this out electronically, scantrons, digitally, computers. What's up with that? Uh, And by the way, I live in a state, not the state of confusion, but the state of Florida, as I like to say. I live in a state that was ridiculed, that that was figuratively tarred and feathered for the whole debacle of the 2000 presidential election. George W. Bush, Al Gore, the hanging chads, the punch ballots, and you didn't punch the hole all the way through, and the chad is still hanging there, and and thousands couldn't figure out, tens of thousands, how to punch the ballot correctly. It was disastrous, and Florida has reformed their systems over the course of the last 20 years and multiple now five more presidential elections since then, in 04, 08, 12, 16 and 20. The state of Florida uh, in this 2020 presidential election and for the entire state election counted over 11 million, 11 million votes for president in the state of Florida on the night of the election. 
because they have their act together now in this state out of Tallahassee and in all of the big counties, all of the big cities from Miami to Tampa, from Jacksonville to Orlando, from Pensacola to Palm Beach. They have it figured out on how to count. How is it that a state like Nevada can go all the way into Wednesday night and Thursday morning and not have fewer than 3 million votes counted in two days when Florida counted in a matter of about five or six hours on Tuesday night? How is it that Pennsylvania is talking about on Wednesday afternoon that it is still going to be Saturday or Sunday, five to six days later, before they are done counting an extra million and a half or two million votes? And again, Florida counted 11 million of them in one night. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, Okay, so anyway... Whether you believe in uh, in Joe Biden, who looks like the favorite right now to be the president, or Donald Trump, the uh, the president, to, to uh, be the underdog and come back and win this election, why do I have the feeling that the courts are going to be involved again? And the Supreme Court's going to be involved again, just like in 2000, 20 years ago. Let's see. We'll turn things to sports and in specific football, because there is no NBA, there is no NHL at this time of the year. Uh, because of the crazy COVID-19 times. So all we have is college and NFL football. Welcome back to the Mac, which was back playing on Wednesday night. Again, at the time that I'm taping this and putting this together, I don't have all the results of all the Mac football games uh, here for this podcast to debut on Thursday, but it's good to have the Mid-American Conference back. And finally, the Pac-12 will join us this weekend. And we're going to talk a lot about that here on Three Dog Thursday. Should remind you, if you have not already, whether you found us through a social media link, whether you found us through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dant, all the guys with SGP Network uh, and all of their shows, they've embraced us. However you found us, subscribe to Three Dog Thursday and it will come automatically to you uh, through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, through Google Podcasts. comes automatically to you whenever it's out. Ding! On Thursdays, you'll get the notification. By the way, if you have an Alexa, if you have a Google Dot, if you can get Apple Podcasts, just tell your Alexa, tell your Google device to play Three Dog Thursday on Apple Podcasts, and it will fire away right off of that. But subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, through Google Podcasts. Those are the main, uh, main ones. Uh, through our friends at Red Circle, subscribe, and it comes automatically to you. We recommend that you do that as we pick lots of underdogs. There will be a bevy of them being picked today. Brian Edwards, senior handicapper from BrianEdwardsSports.com, from MajorWager.com, his satellite website, and also Vegas Insider making tons of picks in college football and the NFL. If I have this tally correctly, let me look uh, here at this piece of paper and my and my tally of what Edwards has. He's got not one, not two, not three, five Five underdogs this week in college of the NFL that he likes. And Brian has been rolling. He gave you Boston College last week before we knew that Trevor Lawrence was out on Thursday morning. Uh, He loved BC with Trevor Lawrence playing in that game. They cover easily, obviously, with Lawrence out of there. Uh, Almost won the stinking game. He gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers as well on Sunday, did Brian Edwards. And he is right now picking at about a 75% clip on everything in the National Football League. So hone in on BrianEdwardsSports.com and uh, MajorWager.com for Brian's picks. But he'll be here uh, overall, I'm talking about. Favorites, underovers, but he's here picking underdogs on the program. Then a great roundtable will be here 
as well uh, with uh, my buddies Ryan Kramer, Speaking Sports Gambling Podcast. He makes his roundtable debut on the YouTube show. Again, find us via YouTube on the YouTube channel under Three Dog Thursday. You'll see me. You'll see Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast. You see he and Sean Green all the time doing video of their own shows uh, on Sports Gambling Podcast with all of their podcasts that they have along with Colby Dan and company on uh, on Gambling Podcast uh, on Twitter, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast on Facebook, on Periscope. You see Ryan all the time. He'll be here picking underdogs. We'll talk a lot of college football and a little bit of NFL with him. Matt Zemick is also back with, back with me. Zemick, great college football uh, writer. Love his insight. He's associated with the Trojan Wire website of USA Today's fleet of websites and looky here usc back playing on the opening weekend of the pac-12 in a noon hello eastern time game which means 9 a.m local for trojans and arizona state breakfast with the pac-12 on fox and their big noon kickoff noon eastern time nine pacific we'll talk more with matt about the trojans their expectations we'll get his thoughts and ryan's thoughts on the clemson notre dame game some underdog picks with what these guys have and some NFL talk, too, on the roundtable. Then Brian Edwards back one more time with me to pick NFL games in the final segment of the show. Lots of football to get to. Again, I was privileged uh, last weekend to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and watch Alabama just clobber Mississippi State. Boy, has the trap door fallen underneath of Mike Leach after that great Week 1 win over LSU. They look awful. Uh, on offense, and I guess they're resigned to the fact that they're going to have a one-win season this year. Can't function on offense. The SEC defenses have caught up. They can't run the ball. They're down some players that have transferred out. Kylan Hill, their top running back, doesn't want to play for him anymore. K.J. Costello, the senior quarterback, has regressed. He got a concussion in the game last week with Alabama. Tide blew them out. Tide looked like the real deal to win the SEC and maybe win the whole thing. Challenging Clemson, maybe Ohio State. Although the Big Ten's got to show something in the college football playoff before we consider anybody, Ohio State, whomever, Penn State, Michigan. What's up with the Wolverines? We're going to talk about that with Brian Edwards straight ahead with that loss to Michigan State last week. You you can't count on the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or even the Big 12 to be contenders right now with the way that they've looked in the playoff trying to go head-to-head. Did you see Oklahoma get annihilated by LSU last year? Uh, Even Notre Dame has been no match for Clemson or Alabama in the past. The SEC just appears to be too strong. It's either an SEC team or Clemson that's going to win this whole thing. And we'll see how the young quarterback, uh, DJ Uagalele, I hope I got that right. Um, The freshman will learn how to say that name and what he can do at Notre Dame and, and what happens when Trevor Lawrence gets back for Clemson for the stretch run. Can Miami challenge them? Can North Carolina challenge them at the end of the year? Or will it have to come from a college football playoff semifinal for the Clemson Tigers? We'll talk all about that on the roundtable. NFL picks as well with with Brian in the final segment. Some curious stats about some underdogs in the National Football League uh, for this week. I know we've got some uh, COVID-19 outbreak uh, stuff that is going on here late in the week. And for the games this weekend, let's see if we get them all played. They all played a week ago, the games that were scheduled to be played in the NFL Huge game for my Buccaneers with the Saints on Sunday Night Football. I know Emmanuel Sanders, the Saints receiver, has had COVID-19 and has been away from the team now for a couple of weeks. It doesn't appear that any other Saints have had it. Uh, Buccaneers hanging in there as well. One of their defensive linemen, Will Golston, is on the COVID-19 list, but not because he's COVID positive. He came in contact with someone who is. He continues to test negative. They've isolated him. He's social distancing 
This is the way of 2020 right now when trying to deal with this, but the NFL has done a tremendous job of juggling the schedule, had very few delayed or missed games right now through eight weeks of the season. Let's hope that continues as we march towards uh, Thanksgiving weekend and all the travel. And, and obviously there's going to be more spread of not just COVID-19, but the flu when this is going on. And the flu is different, different strain of virus. So good luck to everybody, including the players, the coaches, and everybody with college football and the NFL getting ready to battle this. This is why it's important this week, next week, get as many of the games in as possible before that Thanksgiving travel starts in case seasons have to be paused, uh, etc. And that's why the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 playing as many games as they did earlier in the year, that should carry more weight and will. With the college football playoff committee, the rankings, then the Big Ten coming late and the Pac-12 coming way late to all of this. Uh, I, I have said this repeatedly for the last three to four months. You do not get rewarded for being foolish into thinking you couldn't play at all and play safely by testing and rigorously following the guidelines and the social distancing and the good hygiene. You don't get to be rewarded and get to participate in the same stuff with the teams that took the risks in September, followed the guidelines, and were able to play, and have played more games, and in the SEC's case, played them at a higher level. And that's going to mean that if a Big Ten team does not go undefeated, and Ohio State's going to be about the last one standing with a chance to do that, and they all have one loss, and you take a couple of SEC teams along with Clemson instead of them, I don't know that it's going to be a Big 12 team over a Big 10 team. But, you know, again, a one-loss SEC team is going to have a whole lot more argument than a one-loss Big 10 team because they've been playing more games. We understand that. All right, I understand this. Enough of me going on and on. Time to get to the picks, the prognostication. Lots of college football coming up with Brian Edwards. YouTube Roundtable, Matt Zimmick, Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast coming up. Brian, back with me to talk NFL. Lots to get to. Let's do it. Yes, indeed. We are ready to go. Senior handicapper from MajorWager.com, also BrianEdwardsSports.com. You also read him and get those picks on Vegas Insider. He's everywhere, including on Three Dog Thursday. Congrats to Brian Edwards, who last week had Boston College before we ever had learned when we were taping the segment that Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to play. But still, Lawrence or no Lawrence in that game, BC hung in. Uh, Brian also successful with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the weekend on Sunday. I joined in with you on that. Good to have you back. Good to be in November as we get more and more. Even if we don't have the election resolved for right now, at least we point to another weekend of football that we can count on. How are you? I am outstanding and uh, have uh, multiple underdogs that I believe are ready to be winners. All right, let's get to that here in just a moment. Let's begin uh, with you, with with the go-figure year of 2020 uh, across the board, but including in college football. It is so confusing to try to figure out at least early in the first game or two what's going to happen. And the biggest example that we can point to is Michigan, so much expectation, looked great in their opening game with Minnesota, and then what in the world happened with Michigan State coming into Ann Arbor for game two off a loss and beating them? And I'm going to serve this one up uh, to you on a tee or on a platter. Uh, Jim Harbaugh at some point, runs out of time in the argument about being uh, the most overrated hire maybe in college football ever in terms of $9 million a year, and he can't ever win the biggest games, including the rivalry games, Brian. Yeah, uh, a beyond shameful loss 
last week. Not only uh, was it at home and, and to your your, uh, I mean, you know, I, I know Michigan fans. I mean, that they hate Michigan State just as much as they hate Ohio State. Um, and uh, you know, Sparty had just lost by double digits at home to Rutgers, who I believe had lost, what, 20 in a row in the Big Ten? Right. Um, it's just un, uh, unfathomable. And I, I think now we we start to probably look at a mutual breakup. I mean, obviously there's some football left to play, but I think that it, it'll probably end up being a mutual breakup. I don't know what the finances on the contract are, but I'm sure they could be worked out where it's fair on both sides. And, and uh, you know, barring them just going on a really major run from here on out, which I don't see in beating Ohio State, I, I think we're going to have a mutual parting of ways later this year. I believe it's a fully guaranteed deal, but at this point, Michigan's got deep pockets. The only thing that would make me wonder is if he really is still dug in and still wants to be the coach, I, I don't know how easy it will be to delete him with not only several, several years left and a lot of money, but there are a lot of alumni, a lot of former players that still believe in him to an extent. Now, maybe that gets worse as this year goes on. If they lose another game and lose to Ohio State again, I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. But right, I mean, right now, there is no other uh, argument about whether he has been overrated at nine million a year when you keep losing uh, game in and or, you know game in and game out to Michigan State and Ohio State in the biggest games on the schedule as Harbaugh has done. Uh, who you lose to is important. We know that about the SEC. Uh, all right, we're going to talk a bunch. Well, and the, another yeah, go ahead, real yes. quick. Go ahead. Yes. Another, uh, you know, another question is how much NFL interest is there, which I'm sure his agent can gauge over the you know next few weeks, month or two or whatever. And if there's NFL interest, I think it'll be a mutual parting of ways. Now, if there's no NFL interest, maybe he will dig, dig in and, and want to stay. And then we'll just have to see what happens. Because I, I, like you've noted, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Michigan fans that'll be okay with him staying unless this just goes, what are they playing, eight games? I mean, as long as they go like five and three or six and two, um, I, you know, I think he could, could stay. Well, it's a good point on what are the NFL jobs and would it be a mutual thing if he wants to leave? And he had a lot of he had a lot of success with the 49ers, but obviously kind of burned out with them, burned out in that situation despite the success at the highest level. So we'll see what happens with Harbaugh. We'll talk a lot more about Clemson and Notre Dame in the roundtable segment that is coming up with Matt Zimmick and also Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast. But I, I want to take from you about no Trevor Lawrence. They had to battle. With Boston College, they now play Notre Dame. We know Lawrence not playing in this primetime game in South Bend. Okay, uh, does it surprise you that Clemson still favored at Notre Dame? With Notre Dame undefeated, did that surprise you, Brian, or did you have them as the favorite uh, doing your odds-making before uh, all of this came about and the actual release of the line, et cetera? No surprise whatsoever. Uwe Yongalele is a Stud with a cannon of an arm. Now I, you know, it is his first career road start uh, at night. A lot of pressure, but man, he handled all that very well. He handled an eight, eighteen point deficit well, which you know really wasn't his fault. There's the fourteen point swing on the ninety nine yard 
uh, scoop and score. He had three plays when they were this starting with once they were down double digits, where they had third and eleven or more, and he threw just cannon strikes into small windows. They only got a first down on it once, but the the two of them set up a fourth in like inches, and they got the first down. So I thought he made some pressure uh, throws. Uh, I believe it was 342 yards for the day. This guy is a stud, and I think I lean Clemson. Um, so, but we only talk underdogs. So, but I, I haven't played Clemson yet. Yeah, obviously they got the win, and they're they're right around a four or five point favorite as it turns out here in this one. We'll talk more in the roundtable uh, about this one. Uh, but I wonder, just a quick one to you. Let's say Notre Dame hypothetically pulls the upset here. How much does that college football playoff committee consider that Trevor Lawrence is not there at South Bend for down the road? If everybody has a loss, et cetera, how much do you think that weighs in the hypothetical? Well, I think it it, it depends on how the game plays out. It, if if Uyunglele plays great and, and and Clemson scores a lot of points, and the loss is more on Clemson's defense with Notre Dame winning a a forty one to thirty eight kind of shootout, then I don't know that that it should play much of a factor at all. But you know, if it's Clemson's offense laying an egg, then then it probably should play a factor. Uh, and we'll just have to we'll, we'll have to see. All right, so that is the matchup Saturday night primetime South Bend uh, at 7 Eastern time. Earlier, Jacksonville, Florida, the don't call it the cocktail party game anymore, will go on as scheduled. Uh, It is Florida, it is Georgia. It it is uh, obviously a humongous game for both because both have a loss, chasing Alabama right now in the SEC. You wrote about this on MajorWager.com, so I already know which way you're leaning here with Florida as the underdog. Tell me more about why you're sniffing Gators for Three Dog Thursday purposes in this SEC battle. Okay, so Florida's been an underdog under Dan Mullen seven times. They're 4-1-2 and two against the spread with four outright wins. They have lost three in a row against Georgia in each of those games. Georgia had a, a pretty – well, not necessarily last year. They didn't have a significant advantage, but they still, Jake Fromm was terrific. He was like – I think he hit his first 11 or 12 passes on third down that, that all went for first downs. Uh, Trask played okay that game as well, though. But um, I, I think for the first time in a while, Florida not only has the edge at quarterback, they have a, a big advantage. Kyle Trask, 18-2 TDINT ratio so far this year. Stetson Bennett has been intercepted five times in the last two games. And then there is this matter of all the injuries for Georgia. Richard LeCount, uh, first-team All-SEC safety last year, kind of the quarterback of their defense has an auto accident Saturday night. He, not only is he out this week, but maybe several weeks. George Pickens, who, who led him in all receiving stats last year, is, is second in all their receiving stats this year. Uh, he didn't make the trip to Lexington. He's got an upper body injury listed as questionable. Uh, their starting defensive tackle, Julian Rochester, tore his ACL last week. He's out. Their starting sophomore safety, Lewis Kine, or sign, which one one it is. He's questionable with an ankle. He left the game last week. Uh, And then they've got another linebacker uh, that is questionable. I got the Gators at plus five early in the week, but I like them to win outright. They should. They had no positive COVID test this week. The, The guys that missed last week's game was three starters in the secondary, 
several reserves and our stud kicker. Um, they tested positive two Saturdays ago. I would assume they'll be cleared here. And Florida's now had 68 players test positive since reporting in July. So I think Florida is past the virus. And I like Florida to win outright, although I got it at five. I, I think you're styling it plus three or three and a half. And, you know, if you can get a plus 140 money line or plus 135, get a little bit of that as well for less. Florida will beat Georgia. Georgia will not win four in a row over Florida uh, like it hasn't done since the 1980s. Kirby Smart looking good at three for three, though, the last three times against the spread against the Gators. We'll see how that one goes in an SEC uh, showdown, uh, and I had that Georgia team in primetime against Alabama. They were right in there. I just don't know that Stetson Bennett can do enough throwing the ball to help them if they can't run it um, in that matchup. All right, I will go to an underdog, and I will stay in the SEC as we talk college football here with Brian Edwards on Three Dog Thursday. The Arkansas Razorbacks, again, uh, to me, this is a game where I'm puzzled how Tennessee is favored. Uh, they are favored. They opened as a three-point favorite, still a two-point favorite. Arkansas comes off of a tough defeat where they did cover against Texas A&M last week. They're playing at home here. How about Sam Pittman, the first-year coach, has already put three wins up on the board um, so far this year and gave Georgia some trouble um, in, the, in the week one game for a little while in this one. He has three uh, wins as a, actually four covers as an underdog, 5-0 and against the spread is Sam Pittman right now. As the first-year coach, I like them at home with Tennessee. I don't know watching Tennessee get thumped by Kentucky, get beat badly by Georgia, and and also get beat badly by Alabama, how anybody has any confidence in that team with Jarrett Garantino at quarterback uh, to think that they're going to win this game at Arkansas. I just don't. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you all the way. I mean, Arkansas has the head coaching advantage. They have the coordinator advantage. They have the quarterback advantage. And all those advantages are healthy advantages. And they have better team chemistry. I mean, we've got a Tennessee fan base and locker room in turmoil. And we've got Jeremy Pruitt, who had won eight games in a row and after a goal line stand was leading by four at Af in Athens at halftime. And it's all gone to hell in 10 quarters. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he is legitimately on the hot seat. Um, and, and look, you can go from what Arkansas was last year, bad team chemistry, bad coaching, horrible quarterback play. And if you go from horrible quarterback play to quality quarterback play and bad coaching to good coaching and bad chemistry to good chemistry, you can turn a program around real fast. And that's why Arkansas, with the potential exception, or with the exception of uh, maybe a couple of uh, Big Ten and Mountain West teams that have only played twice, that's why Arkansas is the only team in America with more than uh, with three games or more that is still undefeated against the spread. I like the Hogs and went outright. I'm with you. Uh, two and three, the win over Mississippi State is a 17-point dog. The win also over Ole Miss. They've beaten the two Mississippi teams. I like them against Tennessee, primetime game. They beat Auburn, too. Yeah, and the Auburn, the Auburn controversy where it looked like they had uh, recovered the fumble and they're going to run the clock out. And yeah, uh, So I like the Hogs as well. Uh, we're going to talk more about Arizona State again and USC in the Pac-12 opener. Breakfast with the Pac-12 at 9 a.m. local time in the L.A. Coliseum. I, I think you are, you are staring at that one, especially with it being a first game 
for both and the Pac-12 starting up this week. That, that is a very interesting double-figure line for the Sun Devils under Herm Edwards. Yeah, you know, I, I, can you ever remember, TJ, uh, them playing a game like this at 9 a.m. No. local time? I it's, can, unpre- I, it's unprecedented. No, me neither. Right, right. Yeah, the I, closest, didn't, I, didn't, I thought so. The closest that they have done is on the Pac-12 network. They were playing at 11 a.m. local time a couple of times on the West Coast in a 2 p.m. Eastern time slot to cram extra games in, triple header, avoid the TV window of 3.30 Eastern time that ABC has and ESPN has uh, for dominance. But in, in this case, uh, this is by design to be part of that Fox national package at noon Eastern time, and the Pac-12 is going to probably do this at least once more, depending on the schedule later this year with teams, and maybe twice more, where on the West Coast they're going to play at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, okay, that's odd. But, all right, so Arizona State, as a road underdog under Herm Edwards, they are 5-2 and two against the spread. And one of those was an outright win at USC two years ago. Then last year, USC got revenge. Uh, they win a uh, tight game in Tempe uh, by a 31-26 to 26 count. But, um, look, I love Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for ASU, as a true – you don't see true freshmen throw for 2,943 yards with a 17-2 to TDI and T ratio. That just really does not happen. And um, he can move as well. And uh, they had a pretty good defense last year, only gave up 22.4 points per game, and they've got eight starters back from that unit, including their top four tacklers and five of their top six tacklers – uh, I think USC will be fortunate to get a, a win by a field goal and move on unscathed. I think Arizona State might be able to win this game, and I like them as well as a double-digit dog. And again, we'll talk more in the roundtable segment about this, but California locked down. There will be no fans in the Coliseum, so that'll be bizarre uh, for Arizona State and USC in that one. And you like one more as well, an SEC underdog. You're just handing out the underdogs left and right in college football who do you like one more, a home SEC doggy? One more? Yeah, let's go with South Carolina, which has had two weeks to prepare for Texas A&M, which is 0-2 against the spread and a pair of double-digit chalk spots. Uh, South Carolina plus 10 or plus 10.5. Uh, they return home where the last time we saw them, they beat Auburn 30-22, to and that was without their best player, cornerback Israel Mukuamu, who, who did return against LSU and had an interception Will Muschamp's team has been an underdog four times this year. They're three and one against the spread. They covered the only time they were a double-digit underdog. I like the true sophomore running back, Kevin Harris, for South Carolina. He's gone over 100 yards three of his last four games. He's got 634 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, 5.8 yards per carry average, and also 13 catches for 99 yards and one touchdown. Uh, South Carolina at home has a chance to win this game if they play well, and I certainly think it'll be a one-possession game. Give me the Gamecocks uh, plus 10 or 10.5. Underdogs flowing every which direction, full bevy of games. We're, We're not talking about them specifically because Brian and I don't know the MAC game results that are playing Wednesday night at the time that we're taping, but the MAC is back. The Pac-12 is back. So we've got a full slate all week and all weekend 
And again, Brian is all over it with college football, but giving you $300 in this segment. Brian, stand by. Our YouTube roundtable is coming up with Matt Zimmick from the Trojan Wire website, trojanwire.com, the USA Today, uh, USC Trojans website. Also from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Ryan Kramer will be part of the YouTube roundtable, making a bunch more college football picks and analysis. Brian will be back to talk NFL in our final segment as we roll along. But first, we're brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. We've headed now into November with the NFL, with college football, everything that's going on right now in sports. And of course, whether you're a first-time customer or whether you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests, everything they offer every week, including with the fights off the huge weekend last weekend. Find all the odds, sign up, load up, find an edge, make your bets, and get paid with MyBookie. And right now, if you sign up today and use the promo code SGP, you'll get a deposit match all the way up to $500 uh, in your account if you're a first-time user. Again, if you're a first-time user, put $100 in, they'll put $100 in. The same with $200 on your initial deposit, they'll put $200 in all the way up to $500. It's winning season at MyBookie. Join in the fun. Get some cash. You bet. You win. You get paid. A $500 up to $500 deposit match awaits you as a first-time user with our promo code SGP. It's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. Tremendous response from our audience here at Sports Gambling Podcast on the network of shows, including Three Dog Thursday, uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast, a college experience with Colby Dant, uh, on and on, including our Big Fight Weekend podcast that we have on the network fleet of shows. All of you keep responding, and rightfully so, with Thrive Fantasy because it's daily fantasy with player props. In the NFL, choose 10 of the 20 available players in the props and build up your lineup. And with Thrive, you eliminate all of the other ancillary, which way to go, the extra research. Again, it's 20 available players in the NFL. Pick 10 of them, prop them up. They're assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under. Hit the prop and rack up the most important points. Uh, and those points will win you a share of the prize pool. So like for this week, for example, in the NFL, there's a couple of props that I'm looking at at Thrive Fantasy off the app or thrivefantasy.com. For example, Seahawks at the Bills with that good defense. Seattle coming all the way east again as they've come a couple of times this year. DK Metcalf, who had such a bonkers game last week against the 49ers, under over is three and a half receptions for him. That may seem on face value like too low, but Buffalo's got a really good defense I might go under four catches for DJ Metcalf in this game uh, Tredavious White an excellent cover corner they are uh, Sean McDermott's team a good defense I'll go under on the Metcalf catches off of thrivefantasy.com uh, what about Tua Tonga-Vailoa the quarterback of the Dolphins they had fewer than a hundred yards of, uh, of offense last week but still won the game with the Rams the under over is 20 and a half completions for him in the desert uh, against Arizona, second start for the Dolphins for Tua. Uh, Arizona's defense not as good maybe as the Rams' defense. Tua's got a game under his belt. I still go under the 20.5 completions on Thrive Fantasy's prop bet there for that. Meantime, Sunday night, huge game. We'll talk some about it with our guests uh, still to come. 
uh, here, but I, I like Mike Evans on the under over of three and a half receptions for him. Give me the over. He owes the Saints. Didn't didn't have a lot of big receptions in the first meeting with New Orleans in week one. This is a home game for the Buccaneers. Sunday night football. He'll be amped up. Give me Mike Evans over on the three and a half receptions from Tom Brady coming on Sunday night football. So that's an example of what you can go for with Thrive Fantasy. Download the app in the App Store, the Google Play Store, Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com to find out more about the rules and the regulations. Sign up and prop up today and use the promo code SGP when you sign up and you get an instant match of up to $50 on your first deposit. Again, our promo code is SGP. So sign up, prop up with Thrive Fantasy and our promo code is SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. And Three Dog Thursday does continue with the video roundtable. Again, if you're only hearing us, come find the roundtable via YouTube. Search for Three Dog Thursday and come find the smiling faces, the moving pictures, all the dialogue, all the back and forth. You can see it as well as uh, hear us via the YouTube roundtable. Ryan Kramer, one of the co-founders, one of the patriarchs, one of the dudes of sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He and Sean Green, Colby Dan, all those guys do a great job. Brother Kramer, great to have you back on Three Dog Thursday. How are things out in Southern California? Appreciate you having me. I, things are great. Uh, I looked outside. The sun rose. Uh, it, it's a nice day. Uh, it is. We are expecting a bit of a cold spell out here. Highs in the mid-60s, so uh, please pray for us. But no, it's 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 great. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's been a dog season for myself and Sean Green on the Sports Gambling Podcast. So happy to jump on and spread some of the dog love with you and the, and the great audience of Three Dog Thursday. I need help with the college dogs. I'm all right with the NFL dogs, but the college dogs I've been missing. I've been whiffing left and right. Uh, all right, this guy's ready. He is all over it. He's in Arizona, but he's all over the USCB, TrojanWire.com from USA Today Sports. Matt Zemek back with me, all things college football, but specifically USC. Mr. Zemek, happy Three Dog Thursday. How are you? You know, we're all alive and life goes on, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You know, we just got to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I would, I would say yes. 2020 has been bizarre for a lot of reasons. I I was already talking earlier in the podcast uh, that whether you're talking about COVID-19 or elections or sports and craziness. I mean, guys, again, I I keep relating this. I'm going to brag as many times as possible in this area. The Tampa Bay Lightning won a hockey Stanley Cup, immortality for hockey. And they played none of the games in Tampa. They played them in Toronto and Edmonton, Canada. It does not get any more 2020 than that, that bizarre craziness. And then the Rays tried to match it by going to win playoff games in San Diego out by you, Ryan, and just past you, uh, Matt Zimmick. 
winning against the Yankees and the Astros, but doing it in San Diego and then playing the World Series and losing to the Dodgers in Arlington, Texas. So it's just, it's been a weird 2020, no matter which way uh, that we turn. We try to bring some sanity back with college football. And look, what do I see here? The Pac-12 has decided to join the party, Matt Zimmick. I see Clay Hilton tweeting out the coach of the USC Trojans that he can't wait. What he means is now this Saturday for USC and Arizona State at the Coliseum. Is that a look-live picture of what it will look like when the game is being played at 9 a.m. Pacific time this Saturday, noon Eastern time, the big noon kickoff on Fox means it's a 9. Will they have a little more daylight? Kramer's the expert, though, on L.A. Will they have a little more daylight than that, uh, guys, for the Coliseum and this early start for USC and ASU? What, what about it, boy? Uh, Zimic first. What about it? We're going to have uh, breakfast with the Pac-12 here. Well, that, that looks like a shot where when the players finish their pregame meal and they might go through the first walkthrough at maybe 6 a.m., 6.30. <laughs> yeah, maybe. on something like, uh, Ryan Kramer, are these guys even going to be awake uh, playing 9 a.m. games? This is not the only one they're going to do. There's going to be a couple more, apparently, Pac-12 games in the noon slot on Big Fox all over the country, but that's 9 a.m. local time. I totally understand the angle of wanting to get your product in front of the eyes of the East Coast. I don't know if having 9 a.m. games is the way to go about it. These are college kids. A, I sh- I'm a grown-ass man. I struggle to wake up. Uh, I will say they will have plenty of light. We, you know, the daylight savings thing. We're, we're all good on that front. But the idea of taking myself back to my college days and thinking, what would it be like to wake up and have to be at a game already tailgated at 9 a.m. This is going to be an all-night endeavor. I don't know. I, I worry about the safety of the, the students at USC. This is a lot to take on. And, oh, by the way, they are taking on a team with an older gentleman as the head coach. Perhaps he's a little bit more acclimated to waking up early, and maybe the body clocks of the, uh, the Devils over there might be a little bit more ready for this game. Yeah, you're speaking of Herman Edwards on that one. Uh, so the Pac-12 is bat, uh, back. And, Matt, uh, what about the expectations for USC here? I mean, we didn't even know there was going to be a season. I will forgive you because you joined in with others and said we're, they're not even going to play a game. They are now playing. It's seven games. USC always has huge expectations. What are we expecting out of the Trojans? I'm going to hit that. I just want to address that 9 a.m. kickoff. I think that in a season where you don't have fans – might as well experiment with the television angle and see what kind of ratings you get from it. Doesn't mean you do it long-term, but you can at least give it a whirl. And I would also just say in week one, to get a splash and get noticed at the start of a college football Saturday, it makes a lot more sense. But week three, week four, no. But I think in week one, it makes unique sense. And the only other thing is this 9 a.m. kickoff, uh, it makes sense in the mountain time zones. Have it in Salt Lake City. Have it in Boulder, where, lo- where the local kickoff is going to be at 10. It's 9 a.m. Pacific, but the local kickoff's at 10. That's really where it should have been trialed first uh, before a Pacific time zone location. All right, so now to USC. You know, the fan base knows that Clay Helton's not the long-term answer, not the long-term solution. Kind of like a Joe Biden, and you need someone bigger and bolder uh, for the long-term vision in the future. But – you know, the fans want the players to do well. So they're kind of caught in between those two. So they want a reasonably successful season, but, you know, there's not like a a lot of optimism that USC is going to 
get back to the elite Pete Carroll standard under Clay Helton. So I think if you ask USC fans, they would say, you know, we got to win the South. Haven't won the Pac-12 South the last two years. Got to take that back. But most would probably figure that Oregon would beat USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, and and the, the depressing thing for USC fans is that even if the season's a real bust, three and three, four and two, um, it's probably not going to get Clay Helton fired just because in this abbreviated season, <laughs> just how much can you extrapolate from that? The other thing, of course, with the abbreviated Pac-12 season is that USC's not playing Alabama or Notre Dame, which take Clay Helton off the hook. He was staring at two losses in those two games. So USC fans know that this season's not going to get Clay Helton fired, but if, but if USC struggles, it would certainly make 2021 a hot seat season. Um, so, you know, win the South, if uh, USC loses once or twice, that, you know, it may, means that Helton still has political pressure on his back heading into 2021. So I think that actually hits the sweet spot for USC. It gets them into the Pac-12 championship game, but Clay Helton still really doesn't uh, enhance his job security long-term. I think that USC fans would kind of prefer, I think, that situation. It would kind of hit the middle on a number of fronts. Right. We'll see. And it's a great point about not losing badly, especially to Alabama and Notre Dame might help him. And we'll see what happens. Um, Ryan, just an overall thought, because we're going to talk more about Arizona State when we go to pick underdogs. I think we're all kind of on board with that. But for the Pac-12, we've already seen this with the Big Ten the first couple of weeks. You, you can't hand, It's difficult to handicap what's the first week look like. Right, Ryan? I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about the college football season is these early these early games and these conferences, we really don't know what to expect. We don't have the luxury of a NFL style injury report, even where some of this news is breaking late and it's, it's being hidden pretty well. So from a, from a, the gambling perspective, it, it certainly is intriguing. If anything, the takeaway is probably be smart. Just watch the game when you're performing in this strange year, but of course we're here to bet. So, my my thoughts so far is if you know anything about a team, whether whether we've seen returning a uh, number of returning players seems to matter, returning coaches, returning systems, things that are normal seem to matter more than most. But then you sprinkle in a, a little contact tracing and it, it all goes out the window. My Virginia Tech Hokies are a good example of that, where we're finding out hours before kickoff that they're going to be without 25. 20 players and, <laughs> right, and that's another right. thing where different conferences are tackling that differently in terms of thresholds to play and things like that so you almost have to like have a, a little side legal pet pet hobby to, to dig into the rules of this season but no I think the the biggest takeaway is if you have opinions early lean into them you might be horribly wrong but you might be horribly right I mean look at some of the big 10 big spreads that have just been falling over like a house. I mean who who in the world had Michigan State off the loss at Rutgers at the big house Harbaugh under pressure oh just go ahead and win go ahead and really control the game and win in week two of the big 10 is a great example I love what you're referencing there because Matt Matt's got the big journalism background as well it's known as the Friday night night news dump if you've got bad news dumping on Friday night now it's the 30 minutes before the game COVID news dump for the college teams let's just dump the 22 guys aren't playing today because they're either COVID positive or they've been around someone 
uh, that might be. All right, so that leads me to another topic, talking college football here on Three Dog Thursday. Matt Zimmick uh, at Matt Zimmick on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Kramer is Kramer-centric on Twitter out of the Sports Gambling Podcast and sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, Guys, let's talk about uh, the one that will be in prime time on NBC, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence as we look here on the screen off of a, a dramatic comeback win against Boston College last week. We're looking at Dabo Sweeney for those of us that are not watching on YouTube and the YouTube roundtable of Three Dog Thursday. And DJ Uwagalele, the quarterback, the freshman, highly touted, uh, helped lead the comeback last week. All right, that was Boston College at home. Now they go to South Bend trying to remain unbeaten. Lawrence still cannot play under the COVID protocols. So Uagalele going to play a huge game right off the bat in game two of his uh, career here against Notre Dame. Ryan, let's go to you first. This one's going to have a lot of attention around it. Notre Dame, a home underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes. What do we think here, uh, guys, about that matchup? Ryan? Well, first of all, A-plus pronunciation. That, that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not an easy name to get out. I, I mean, I think this is an interesting opportunity and it kind of fell perfectly for the ACC to potentially get two teams in the playoff now where they can lean in, into the Trevor Lawrence wasn't there for this one. Trevor, and we had, a, we had a comic who's also a Notre Dame fan on the College Picks show this week on the Sports Gambling Podcast. And as a Notre Dame fan, I, I, I sensed a certain level of confidence coming into this one. And while I don't know uh, if Ian Book is still the most exciting guy to get behind, I think this, the lines on this team and just the location of this game is going to matter. Uh, I, I don't believe the people who are looking at last week's game and saying, look at this team. It doesn't matter if Trevor Lawrence is there. It absolutely matters if Trevor Lawrence is there. I think Brian Kelly gets a rare, a rare big-time win here. Not a guy I love to back. I do enjoy backing him as an underdog, though. He's not a guy you lay, you lay big points. He's a guy you can take safely as a home dog. I think enough weird stuff happens in the hallowed grounds there. Whether fans, people not, there, something will go down. I think Notre Dame's a very live dog here. If you're playing this one, if you missed out on the plus seven, which, which existed for a little bit this week, I recommend the money line here, uh, TJ. All right, and we're looking right here at mybookie.ag, big sponsors on the Sports Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. They are six-point underdogs at home to Clemson. And I even did a little research as we come back on screen here. You'll be, you'll be proud of me that I did a little research here, and you may be able to see this, that Brian Kelly has a 10-6-1 record uh, against the spread as an underdog. He's 1-1 one one against Clemson, though. Um, and he doesn't even want to talk about the college football playoff semifinal where they got blown out. Matt Zimmick, give me a 30-second or less answer on Notre Dame, Clemson. Are you surprised Clemson favored by a touchdown on the road without Trevor Lawrence? Matt, real quick. Not terribly. I mean, Alabama was favored over Georgia despite the display against Ole Miss. Uh, easily could have felt that Georgia was the better team on form going into that game. Uh, I, I definitely think Clemson's not going to get a blowout. But uh, I, I do think Clemson narrowly wins by like a field goal just because I think Clemson's been playing like a bored team in recent weeks. And I think Clemson's going to be sharper. And I think Clemson messed around against BC. So, you know, Clemson's had this pattern in the past where it messes around. But when the lights are bright and the game's big, the Tigers respond well. And I think that uh, not having a lot of fans 
is going to be just enough of a buffer for Uyangalele uh, to play well in that game. Very nice on the pronunciation there, DJ, uh, who, again, we got to keep working on that name because he's going to be a Heisman Trophy contender, if not favorite, and he's probably going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. With that size, that skill, let's see what he can do at the big house against Notre Dame. All right, time to roll up the sleeves and talk some college football uh, underdogs. Uh, I already said in the previous segment that I'm Woo Pig suing it with the Arkansas Razorbacks as a home dog against Tennessee. One of those games that I like to say, guys, is not very profound. The why are they favored game? Tennessee, why are they favored on the road as bad as they've looked? And Arkansas, five for five against the spread so far, four of them as underdogs this season. So I'm taking the Hogs. Is there a game that stands out right now? Matt Zimmick, I'll go to you first. Give me a game that stands out for an underdog. What, what might you like? Where are you going? Well, I might as well stay with the game that I'm going to be focused on this Saturday. Arizona State getting 10, 10 and a half points from USC. I think you know, that seems like a gift. Now, of course, that obviously means that USC is going to win by 21 points. But <laughs> nevertheless, I, I, you know, I'm looking at that. And Jaden Daniels, I think, is going to do extremely well uh, against USC's defense. And, you know, USC has a new defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando, hired from Texas. And he's been talking a very big game about how his disguise coverages uh, are going to really work and give USC a new edge. In week one, though, after a pandemic offseason, I'm not convinced that loading up the defensive playbook uh, is the right way to go. You know, you, you should gradually add more and more to your playbook over the course of a season. Week one, it could be a disaster. So I think USC probably wins outright, but I think you're looking at a 38-35 kind of game. So definitely like Arizona State plus the points. This is scaring me. Ryan Kramer, do you agree with Matt and, and sort of with me? I was talking about it in the last segment before we did the roundtable. That's a lot of points at the Coliseum. What do you think, Ryan? Well, we touched on it earlier. Early season college football in 2020. Why not lean into an opinion? I love that Marvin Lewis is part of the crowd now out there in Arizona. Antonio Pierce. These are guys that I – like, these are grown men. And I, I believe this team will be ready. And I'm going to blow your mind. I gave out Arizona State as my dog of the week on the college football podcast, plus 330 on the money line. So let's get rich this weekend. Uh, no, nothing pleases me more than the opportunity to fade Clay Helton in a obvious <laughs> big favorite spot where there's been weirdness around preparation. So I love this spot for Arizona State. And Jaden Daniels is the outstanding freshman, and once he kicked it into gear at the end of last season, for whatever it's worth, does it translate in the crazy 2020 year in the opener? We don't know. But Herman Edwards was 4-2 and two as an underdog last year, uh, and Daniels was part of that, including the Oregon upset late in the year. Let's see what that is worth. Uh, Ryan, did you have one more doggy that you like for three-dog Thursday purposes out of the college game? If I pressed you for Absolutely. another one, did you have another one? I did, and and I, you know, I TJ asked me to come on the show, so I figured I'd I'd bring the bingo, big guns, and I'm going to go with another uh, plus three thirty dog, and that is Kansas State. Kansas State is at home in Manhattan, getting to face Oklahoma State, coming off what we like to call the dream crushing scenario. They they took it on the chin. They lost the game they shouldn't. Now they have to hit to the road, hit the road to one of the two weird really three weird stops in the Big 12, Manhattan, Kansas, up there in uh, Iowa State and, and Morgantown. And, and they're, getting, they're getting this Kansas State team off an interesting game. Uh, this is a team that routinely plays up to their competition. And when you're getting 12 and a half points, that feels great. But why not sprinkle the money line? 
Mike Gundy, he's, he's shown the propensity to, to, to lay an egg from time to time. You can even remember earlier in the season against a team like Tulsa. So uh, I think Kansas State, live dog in this spot. I definitely love the points. I say sprinkle the money line. Plus, actually, I'm seeing as high as plus 350 right now, uh, TJ. Wow. So, uh, you know, if you want to get real crazy, Arizona State tied with Kansas State. That's going to be that's gonna be a nice payday. <laughs> They're all about the parlays. They're all about teasing it and putting it three different directions. It's the Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Ryan Kramer hanging with me from Sports Gambling Podcast. Matt Zimmick uh, as well from USC's Trojanwire.com, the USA Today uh, website on the USC uh, Trojans. And uh, the, 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 wild, the only thing about the Wildcats is they burned me last week. I had them on Three Dog Thursday at West Virginia. Will Howard, I believe it is, is the backup quarterback, was not good in the game, threw a pick six. West Virginia all over them. But they come back home, and you're, you're saying, hey, maybe lying in wait here at home for Oklahoma State off the tough loss in overtime uh, to Texas on that one. Only a few minutes left. Do I dare bring up a little National Football League? We're going to talk more in the last segment here in a few minutes with our analyst, Brian Edwards, our senior handicapper uh, that we love to hop on and pick underdogs with us. Um, so a little more NFL. I just want to joke around. I'm going to try out my comedy bits here with Ryan in my presence. Uh, so we have the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and, and here it is. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys contemplating against the Pittsburgh Steelers midweek at the time we're taping. Will it be undrafted Cooper Rush or will it be former Alliance of American Football Spring League quarterback Garrett Gilbert starting against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home? Uh, in either one of those instances, it was painful to watch them last Sunday night. It, was pain, it, it is more than likely going to be painful in this game with the Steelers. Here is the proposition. They love props on the Sports Gambling Podcast and, and, the, uh, and, the, and the website. I'm going to go back to boxing. And, uh, and you know I'm a big boxing guy, Kramer, and Matt Zimmick knows this too. This was the big uh, lightweight title fight in the Alamo Dome last uh, Saturday night. Gervonta Davis on the right, Leo Santa Cruz on the left. It was a great action-packed fight right up until – this big moment in the sixth round coming right there, dear God, with the uppercut by Gervonta Davis. We've been talking all about it on BigFightWeekend.com, our boxing website, Big Fight Weekend podcast that can be found on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. My question, Kramer, if you're a Cowboys fan, would you rather endure another three hours of watching those quarterbacks or would you take one shot from Gervonta Davis like this? Would you just go ahead and get it out of the way and take the uppercut from that guy, or do you want to endure three and a half hours of Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert, or, or maybe they're going to bring back, I don't know, uh, Clint Longley or Roger Staubach, uh, <laughs> my God, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys uh, against the Steelers, Ryan? Well, I can answer this two ways. I mean, as someone who hates the Cowboys, I would love to see every Cowboys fan get punched with that uppercut. Uh, as someone who hates the Cowboys, I'm also terrified right now that they're getting this free opportunity to try out the next quarterback, and they're going to maybe find someone. Now, look, when you're looking between Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert, one of these guys has played professional football, and one of these right. guys hasn't. So True. Uh, but, no, I mean, I'll, I'll leave you with this anecdote. The Pittsburgh Steelers are priced higher than we've ever seen a defense in DraftKings this week in DFS, $4,900. They, they are more than – like. 90% of the starting tight ends. They are more than a number of star running back. It, it's this unbelievable. Typically, un just in lightness, typically a defense would probably be somewhere around three grand if they were really good or 3,500 yeah, yeah. on your, your salary your cap. Window, and they're exactly. what? They're 4,900 4, to buy them on. <laughs> because Highest Cowboys are so bad. In the, 
highest priced defense in the history of DraftKings. That's oh how bad the God. Cowboys are. Love oh every my- minute of it. God almighty, what will happen in that game? I'll have another nugget about them being a double-digit underdog at home, the Dallas Cowboys, in our final segment here in a moment. I want to promote one more time uh, for both of these guys and the, and, and the job that they do as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, Ryan Kramer, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He and Sean Green and Colby Dant, why, there they are right here. We're looking at it on the screen on the YouTube roundtable. There they are. Amazingly similar studio as we've been seeing Kramer uh, in. Uh, same haircut. Not sure if it's the same shirt with he and he and Sean. Uh, Eagles fan riding high. Colby Dant there in the middle. Again, check them out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Gambling podcast on social media. Their show is out every week, early in the week, giving you all kinds of advice. Uh, pro and college couple times a week right uh ryan that we see you on sports gambling podcast and and the video in the show yeah working too hard we uh sunday night we do a live recap show of the nfl monday we drop a college fix picks podcast the one you're seeing on the screen right now if you're watching the the round table yep. and then we do a draft a, a fantasy football episode and a nfl picks episode so we are Man. early and often Ring the bell for all of this. For Matt Zimmick, find him right here at Matt Zimmick, Z-E-M-E-K. Again, if you're seeing us on the YouTube roundtable, again, spell it out if you're only hearing us. Matt Zimmick, Z-E-M-E-K. And again, the uh, USC Trojan Wire uh, website, I'll click that while we're on screen, is right here to follow the USC Trojans, trojanwire.usatoday.com, where he's writing all about USC, USC and Arizona State. Uh, for this week, all things USC, including the Clay Hilton watch, right, Mr. Zimmick, that uh, you'll be Always. on starting this week, right? Yeah, well, full game coverage, man, feel, feels great to finally cover a Pac-12 game. <laughs> we'll see if he's still saying that in the second half, if Arizona State's putting it on him or not. And go figure. I mean, we got Oregon and, and Stanford and what is it, UCLA and Colorado. Who knows what's going to happen with any Wa- of these Pac-12 games? Washington Cal is the most interesting uh a game other than uh, USC Arizona State because winner of that probably has inside track to, to being the main contender to Oregon in the north all right we'll keep an eye on all of that again breakfast with the Pac-12 at 9 a.m local time 10 a.m now with the time change Zimic time to have some eggs and uh, Tabasco and whatever else you need to watch some Pac-12 football again Ryan and Sean sports gambling podcast and uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Love these guys. Uh, Matt Zimmick, Ryan Kramer, thank you for hanging on Three Dog Thursday. Good luck with the underdogs, boys. I appreciate it. Good luck to Good your luck Bucks on Sunday against the Saints. Sunday night football for the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. We'll see what happens with that. More NFL talk coming up. Ryan Edwards rejoins me as we continue here on Three Dog Thursday. Indeed, he is back from BrianEdwardsSports.com, MajorWager.com. Follow him at Vegas B. Edwards, and Brian Edwards continues to roll on in the NFL, including he and I both had him, but he gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers again last week. Great road win for them against the Ravens. Uh, You killed it in October as we bring you back in for pro football, not just on the underdogs, favorites, under-over totals, first half, second half totals, the live betting. You've been smoking it in the NFL right now. I'm propping you up. Uh, big man, as we get ready to talk more pro, uh, pro football here. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I've been picking and grinning quite a bit. It's been fun. Got to keep it rolling, though. Yeah. We're going to try to do that here with the games this week. All right, I, I know you want to talk to me about New York football giants and the Washington Redskins as a possible underdog. Let's begin with my Bucks beating the Giants Monday night. 
Uh, coming from behind, 11 down to win the game. Brady to Mike Evans for the go-ahead touchdown. They added a field goal. They were up eight. Giants score a touchdown on a great leaping catch by Golden Tate in the final minute. But then the two-point conversion denied. Initially a flag thrown, as everybody's probably aware of by now. Uh, the flag picked up, which I, again, I can be considered biased. I believe that was the right decision because I believe the wrong official in the back of the end zone threw the flag, not the guy closest to it. I think they got it right. Giant fans still screaming a couple of days later. They have to move on and get ready to play the Washington football team, who they defeated for their only win of the year. But uh, what do you want to say about their comeback and trying to hang in with the Bucs as a double-digit underdog as they were the other night? What, what about the Giants here at this point? Well, they're playing. They're playing tough. They're they're playing hard. You know, just Daniel Jones is just he's getting close, man. He's getting close to being pretty good, but uh, just a mistake here, a mistake there. He was a little late on that pass. I didn't have a problem with them waving that call off. But uh, look, the Giants have been dynamite on the road, which they will be at Washington this week. Uh, they are four and zero against the spread on the road, and uh, they won in overtime at Washington. Uh, last year with my, my guy, Caden Smith, uh, catching two touchdowns, including the one in overtime to clinch it. I think the Giants go in there, even though they're on a short week, it's not much travel. I, I think they um, I think they go into Washington and win outright. And Washington off the bye week, still up in the air with the quarterback situation. We believe that's Brandon Allen that's going to still play there, uh, if not Alex Smith, the veteran backup who's back from the horrific injury. Uh, for that one, that's an early game at 1 Eastern time. Um, I like an underdog here as well in, in uh, one of the early games. That's the Indianapolis Colts with those same Ravens. The Ravens who were in control at times against the Steelers, but then Pittsburgh comes from behind and then gets the big defensive stop at the end of the game. Baltimore still a road favorite here. At the time we're taping Three Dog Thursday, two-and-a-half point favorite. I love the Colts, who are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games. Very well coached. Rivers played great in the game last week with the Lions on the road, off their bye week. Frank Reich always coaches his team up, especially defensively. I think they'll be ready for Baltimore. I think they're going to hand the Ravens another loss outright. I'm getting points at home. I like the, I like the Colts. And, of course, it's the old... Uh, Baltimore team now in Indianapolis playing against the Baltimore team, the Baltimore Ravens here in this matchup. By the way, Baltimore now 0-3-1 against the spread uh, in, uh, in, in 2020 as, as a favorite. They are 0-3-1. They are favored here. I like the Colts. Just a quick comment on that with Rivers back. They're, they're just under the radar right now in the AFC. Uh, I have no opinion other than I'm glad that I had the Steelers in the points last week with Lamar Jackson uh, turning uh, a little turnover happy. Well, and again, uh, the Ravens are explosive when they when they get it together, and Lamar can make some plays. But I just I like the Colts defense, and Naheem Hines had a great game and a great somersault, much the same way when Brian has a big weekend of covers uh, off MajorWager.com. You do a very similar somersault in that Naheem Hines somersault, right? The half gainer, the flip. <laughs> That's that's just like what you do, right? When you've had a big weekend, I'm just checking. I just don't put it on video. Not, not on <laughs> it's video. not it's, it's not out on TikTok right now from uh, from Brian Edwards. All right, so I have this stat. You mentioned the Giants. We were talking in the roundtable segment before you came on. 
Brian Edwards, about the Dallas Cowboys and those aforementioned Steelers. The Steelers at the time that we are taping are 13.5-point favorites. You can get them uh, even at 14. You can get the Cowboys at 14 at some other locations. It is the first time ever, Brian Edwards, in the history. They've gone all the way back to 1965 since lines were being kept track of. It is the first time ever uh, in the same season, much less back-to-back -back weeks, that we have a home doggy in the NFL getting at least 11 points. It was the Giants Monday night getting 12 and a half, and they covered, which we already talked about. And now the Cowboys at home, who's the quarterback? They are 13 and a half or 14-point doggies. That's never happened in the same season in the NFL, much less in back-to-back -back weeks. Welcome to the crazy 2020, right? With these, uh, with these numbers and these stats, that's, that's unreal that Dallas would be that much. And it doesn't look like that uh, Ezekiel Elliott's going to play. He's got a bad hamstring. He's questionable at best. Can the news get any worse for Dallas on this with the Steelers, just real quick overall? No, I mean, you're either going to go with Cooper Rush, the second all-time leading passer in Central Michigan history, or, or Garrett Gilbert. Um, I, I, I can only give one bit of advice. Uh, just do not play the home uh, dog. Uh, Garrett, home hey, you, you, throw, you throw some respect the way of Garrett Gilbert and his leading the Alliance of American Football in passing last year, that spring league with the Orlando <laughs> Apollos. Uh, that's that's got to be worth at least uh, a field goal, right? I mean, come on, the cow what the Cowboys? Uh, if they didn't have bad luck or horrific luck, they would have no luck at all. With Dak out for the year with a broken ankle, Andy Dalton slated to maybe come off the concussion, but now he's on the COVID nineteen list, and so, so the Cowboys are having to trot out either Cooper Rush, uh, Danucci, the quarterback that played last Sunday night, uh, obviously was hapless at times trying to make throws. Maybe it will be Garrett Gilbert, the former SMU pony, the former Texas Longhorn at quarterback. He did um, the same match. route as Shane Bouchelle, Texas Correct. and then uh, SMU. Correct. All right. Uh, so before we get out of here with the underdogs and, and covering all of this, my Buccaneers with the Saints on Sunday night football. New Orleans getting five points. Obviously, you know I'm slanted towards the Bucs uh, and Tom Brady rematch game from the week one win by New Orleans. Uh, this will be very interesting. Grudge match situation, NFC tiebreaker, NFC South tiebreaker matchup, Brian. I don't know if you have an opinion one way or the other. I don't think you're taking the Saints as the road doggy against the Bucks, but that's going to be a great game on uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, it, it, it will, and I haven't formed an opinion yet, but sticking in the NFC South, I will go with Denver uh, plus three and a half at Atlanta. The Falcons are 0-4 both straight up and against the spread at home, whereas Denver is 3-0 and against the spread on the road with two outright wins. The only outright loss was a close one at Pittsburgh, which is the second-best team in the NFL, uh, only behind the Chiefs in my mind. And how about the Broncos off that great comeback against the Chargers? What's up with the Chargers? Over and over again, blowing the oh. lead, blowing double-figure oh. leads. And Denver goes and gets them and now plays Atlanta, who's playing better with Raheem Morris. Love Raheem, the former Buccaneer coach, who's the interim Atlanta coach. Uh, there's an argument they should be 3-0. and If Todd Gurley lays down on the one-yard line and they run the clock out to yeah. beat the Lions, they should be 3-0. and Instead, they're 2-1. and Now they play Denver, but you like another underdog. He's given out all kinds of underdogs, Brian Edwards. He likes the Denver Broncos uh, in that matchup. 
Also, keep an eye on a sneaky good game. Miami at Arizona. The Dolphins have won three straight. They've gone to Tua. This game in the desert. Arizona off the bye week. Arizona favored. That's a sneaky good game. A late game at 425 Eastern time. 225 now Mountain time in the desert. Uh, Arizona doesn't recognize the daylight savings time, so they're not three hours behind. They're now two hours behind. So that one coming Sunday afternoon as well. All right, so plenty of the underdogs. Brian, tell them more about where they get all your great information and all the role that you've been on in pro football. Tell them more about where they find you on social and the sites, et cetera. Uh, yeah, we've been making – K-Rodge and I have been making some uh, videos on Vegas Insider's YouTube uh, channel. Uh, you can check those out, previewing college action. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Uh, you can find a lot of my content. Like I wrote a college football uh, notebook uh, today that will be up on MajorWager.com from now until Saturday. Lots of uh, ATS factoids for Week 10, some injury notes, uh, tweets, opinions, etc., and uh, also BrianEdwardsSports.com is where you can go along with Vegas Insider to find my picks. All right, so get those picks. And again, Major Wager Uno on Twitter, at Major Wager Uno. Great follow for injury information, stat nuggets. I am religiously looking over Brian's stuff here. Again, in the NFL, he goes with a couple of different underdogs. The Giants is a road doggy at Washington. And closing out also with the Broncos as a road doggy with the Falcons. Good luck with all your underdogs, my friend. We appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. There's Brian Edwards. My thanks also to Ryan Kramer and Matt Zemick on the YouTube roundtable. Find the YouTube channel. See us there. Talking underdogs. Watch us at Three Dog Thursday uh, on the YouTube. Follow us at Three Dog Thursday on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Hear the whole audio version as well. For now, we're done. Good luck to everybody with your underdogs. We're here to help. Part of the only digital radio show that loves talking and picking those college and NFL underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.